0: Let her look like you're trying to show her, and then she has just told you she doesn't want coconut, doesn't like coconut, and what does this little f- end up doing? Putting coconut all Go over her goddamn chocolate ice cream. What an asshole! F- f- <laughs> yeah. to the What's Up, Erdick Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Heiner. Man, of the name. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead, hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification button. Hit them. Tell a friend about us. Tell your enemies about us. Tell your dog about us. Not that it'll matter to them, but give you somebody else to tell. A couple things. <laughs> Housekeeping before we move forward. As you guys know, if you've checked out our website or if you looked anywhere where we announced what we're doing and we've talked about it, we were... We've been talking about doing Avatar. We're going to amend December's lineup. So we'll just tell you right
1: Apparently up. Apparently, we are biased and yeah. mean and harsh on movies. So <laughs> since none <them> of <laughs> us really <laughs> want to <Yeah>. watch it, <laughs> we're trying to avoid that biased yeah. and harsh. Are, are we, we
2: referencing some comment from YouTube or something?
0: couple, yeah. We've gotten a couple where it's like we're too... And then we had like a review. You weren't here for the review one. There was a review that somebody left about us being too... Too serious or too hard on stuff, and so we had a good laugh about it. And wow, I now we've never been acclaimed. I know, right? Um, anyway, so yeah, we've been too harsh, and and we both, especially because Matson's traveling, so he wouldn't be on the episode with us for it at the end of this month. So we're the one person that would probably not shit all over this movie, possibly
2: why? Because I'm known as a CGI guy, and it's going to be
0: hard to rip that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you I hit mean, it right on the head of the nail. Pretty much. I mean, if there was one of the three of us that would like the movie, it's going to be you. I don't like the first Avatar. Well, then so. we're... Never mind. I backed that train up. Oh, then never
2: <laughs> Yeah. Did it look good? And did it advance cinema in some of those ways? I mean, it did, but I don't think it's a great movie. Then yeah. So, so therefore, I, I'm not excited for the second one.
0: Therefore, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put... At the end of the month, so the 26th of December, Alec and I are going to do a year in in review. And we'll make sure the real ginge up here gives us some information that we can share. So his year in review can be <laughs> that a part we can of that. edit and then share. That's fair too. There's no hh's in there, Mattson. Oh, you know what I'm talking Alter-y. about. <laughs> I can't, I wow. I can't. We haven't, we have not brought that up in a while. <laughs> I, know, and I can't say it cause we're on YouTube now, <laughs> but none of that shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll do a year in review. That'll be on the 26th. And then, I will leave the option out there for you to email us hosts at what's It's working again. Cause our website's back up. You can also go to what's and leave us a comment there. If you want us to review it, leave it, Charles, you're not the only one that gets a vote here. So if you email me and say, you want us to watch it, I'll take it into consideration. But just cause you email us, doesn't mean we're going to do that one. Cause you say, Charles, it. If take a few more. your opinion matters less and less. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> That's not true. Your opinion on Patreon always matters. One hundred percent. Always, mad.
2: Whatever. Charles knows I love him secretly, but it's not That's really.
0: true. He won't after that movie's coming on tomorrow. So anyway, he won't love you soon. But anyway, for Avatar, email us if you want us to review it. We will if we get enough people to say they want us to. If not, we'll figure out January's lineup and put it on the website. And Charles, you'll get to vote for your January collection. Pretty soon, we're going to start collecting those and putting that up there on the Patreon. So if you want to vote for what we watch and listen to and are really mean to, apparently, almost all the time, get on the Patreon. You can vote. It's exciting times.
2: We got some TV shows heating up again after the holidays, and we have been a little bit lighter in content in December, as you'd expect, lots of stuff going on. We appreciate y'all being patient with us, but there's going to be more coming.
0: Yeah, Last of Us. so excited. Anyway, um... (laughs) And then Alec and I will be tackling the Legend of Vox Machina as well, Woo! starting in January. That one's not a Madsen thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll uh, pass. Yeah, there's other things in talks. So we'll, we'll let you know. Anyway, today, let's move on to this episode. We're reviewing It's a Wonderful Life, continuing on with Charles's votes for the Patreon. It's a Wonderful Life was released January 7th, 1947. It was written by Francis Goodrich, Albert Hackett, and Frank Capra. It was directed by Frank Capra, stars James Stewart. It's really weird, like, they list him as James. I only know him as Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. (laughs) So it's really weird. Anyway, stars Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore, Thomas Mitchell, Balula Bondi, Henry Travers, Frank Phelan, Ward Bond, Gloria Graham, Frank Albertson, and Todd Carnes. The movie is about an angel that is sent from heaven to help a desperately frustrated businessman, by showing him what life would have been like if he had never existed. Let's uh, I'm going to turn the time over. We're trying a new thing. It's time for Matson's synopsis favorite part of the show. <laughs> and now we're going to, now we're going to, we've, we've changed movies so that we're not too mean. And now we're going to turn it over to Matson to be mean. <laughs> Look, a couple things here.
2: Do you have the option of watching this movie in color? Thank God that exists now. So just wanted to put that out there. Secondly, I'm not going to hold the aspect ratio against this movie because Zack Snyder, this movie, there was no other option. So let's be okay with that. I'm not going to gripe about it. I can accept that. That's okay, man. My first problem with this movie, and the, it comes to the summary, is if you're looking for high school age individuals that age normally, it's just not true here. These are 40-something-year-old adults going to high school that then go to college that then get jobs. I don't even – it doesn't make any sense there. And then we follow the life of a George Bailey who – For the life of me, nothing can go right in this man's life in the way that he wants it to. He has a problem of just not saying no and having too big of a heart and too much pride and it bites him in the ass. And because of that, he doesn't get to go on his trip. He doesn't get to run a different business experience life. But what he does get is a smoking hot girl. We'll say that much like he did that right but he probably could have gotten another somewhere else. I don't know. But the man has kids on kids, stays at the building and loan and keeps his dad's crappy legacy going and barely has a dollar to his name. They renovate a rundown beaten up house that you drive by in your own neighborhood. You're like, wow, that meth house hasn't been touched in years. All of this to say it drives him to the point of madness where he is staring at a cold river, at the edge of a bridge where he is thinking, should I jump off? And then this D list angel <laughs> that doesn't have wings comes down and puts him in a very frightening Harry Potter esque version of what his life could have looked like if he went there, where he can interact with these people and just have like the biggest mind fuck of his life. And he then begins to experience what life would be like if he was never born what a movie what i will say this movie's ending the last 20 to 30 minutes cinematic gold (laughs) incredible (laughs) the ending build up that awesome but the hour 30 beforehand slow actors that are too old playing people that are too young and a lot of misery and i last point is this a christmas movie i don't think so It has Christmas at the end, but the whole story has nothing to do with Christmas except for the spirit of giving and seeing beyond yourself. To me, not a Christmas movie. There's my synopsis. Thank you for listening.
0: (laughs) It's a good thing he wasn't on White Christmas because that was not technically a Christmas movie either.
1: Um, As usual, Mattson, you watch the whole movie and miss the whole motherfucking point. (laughs) I
0: I will say, though... (laughs) I am proud of you because I think this is your first official not repeating me or quoting the movie F-bomb. No way. Congratulations, Batson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't mean to do that.
2: I'll apologize later <laughs> and repent. This was that type of movie. I love it. Um, I've seen this movie before. Everyone has should probably have seen it. I mean I guess not after my review, but thank goodness I will not be watching this again for quite some time.
0: I will say this this is one of my favorite Christmas movies. I don't want to say it is my favorite because it's it's one of those things where- Christmas what, JJ? Tell me. Dude, see, and this is the way you can tell that he doesn't actually listen to our episodes either, because we talked about this in length about this. with White yeah. Christmas, and that is- The best Christmas movies have nothing to do with exactly. Christmas <laughs> Like, here's the problem with modern-day Christmas movies. And seriously, think about most modern-day Christmas movies because the most, 99% of modern-day Christmas movies show up where? Streaming service, Hallmark. Hallmark, sure. There you go. Or now Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. It's the same trash. It's fucking. I mean, Netflix might be a little better, maybe. No, but it's only no. because they they have contracts with people that are better than Q list stars. <laughs> and so, okay, so we were talking about what was the one we were talking about? Like falling over for Christmas. Falling for yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah. is the name of this movie. Casey loves Christmas, so she'll put on random fucking Christmas movies. She put on this Falling for Christmas shit from Netflix, and I don't even remember who's in it, but it's it's overboard. The movie Overboard turned into a Christmas movie instead of falling off a boat and almost drowning. This dipshit falls off a fucking side of a mountain, fucking hits her head I've on seen a tree. This, movie.
2: this is the one with um Lindsay Lohan.
0: Yeah, it's Overboard back in the eighties, and in the eighties, Overboard was a great movie. It's a funny ass movie, but they went. Let's take a a working formula, throw it in the Christmas time, put some holiday gags and shit in there and decorations and let's make it fucking Christmas movie. That's shit. This. Yes. There's not Christmas everywhere. In fact, 90% of the movie takes place not during Christmas, but then during the Christmas season and the point of the movie is, is that you have all this buildup and you have this great dialogue and you have, yes, you have actors that are in a high school that you're like, you're like 50, dude, but whatever the reason I like it is that it focuses on the real purpose of Christmas. And that is we have to know this person in his situation in order to understand the sacrifice and the reason that he's in this position to jump himself off a bridge. And that's the same, like with white Christmas where they're it's all about their commanding officer. And so most of it doesn't take place during Christmas either. It's just a matter of we're doing the right thing for the right reasons. And it's like the holiday season. And so it works most Christmas movies nowadays, except for a handful that we've already done, aren't good to me. Like, I don't enjoy them at all. Like And you have to look at the time too,
1: right? This film sure. was released 1947, which means anybody who's seen it has seen the stock market crash, the Great Depression or World War II. And George Bailey in that first hour and a half that Mattson doesn't like, you see him broken. He's I'm going depressed. through all of those things. He has anxiety. He is feeling like a failure. And he has all these stages that show that really, he's not a great person. He's an average Joe. Like he's got a lot of stuff that's wrong with him. He's mean spirited on multiple occasions. He is jealous of everybody else who gets to go and kind of live his dream. He's envious. and So he has all these really bad parts of his life that are kind of overshadowed by the fact that when the chips are down, he does the right thing again and again and again, regardless of what it costs him. So it's he's getting the man to his breaking point and how he gets to be standing over this bridge contemplating his suicide because he's actually worth more dead than alive.
0: And to be honest, George Bailey's kind of a dick. I mean, yeah, well, he- From a kid on, like, other than saving his brother and then taking care of Mister Gower, like the first thing he does when he walks into the freaking shop after wishing for a million dollars, which is hot dog, that's funny shit. But when he walks up and asks freaking Mary what she wants for ice cream, he's like coconut. She don't like coconut. What are you stupid? Stupid. Yeah, and then he like. (laughs) Then he puts down a magazine and says, you know where they, where coconuts come from? Here, right here. And then immediately snatches the magazine away and goes, of course you ain't never seen this because it's only us explorers. I'm explorers. like, at least let her look like you're trying to show her. And then she has just told you she doesn't want coconut, doesn't like coconut. And what does this little fucker end up doing? Putting coconut all Go over, the over her goddamn chocolate ice cream. What an asshole. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That would piss me off. I'm a set. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, and then it continues on. Like he's all—he's not a very nice person. No, he's what you, you know you'd expect from someone who's lived through these shitty times, mm-hmm. where it's kind of wrung out like a damn towel to where he's stretched thin. Yeah, and no matter what he does, he cannot go live his dream. He has one dream, and even during World War II, the people who wanted to stay in Bedford Falls, like Ernie and Bert. You know, the cab driver and the police Mm -hmm. officer, they get to go to war. George can't because he's 4F. He has to stay home. And, you know, they get to see these foreign places that was this man's entire dream.
0: And he can't live it. And he makes him bitter. Bitter and mean. Yeah, if you're going to be in this movie, you want to be everyone but George Bailey. like (laughs) Except maybe Potter. Because that guy's kind of a dick, too. Yeah, but at least he has money and he's a dick. True, true. And he is Drew Barrymore's grandpa. So, you know, pluses. It's fair. It's fair. But yeah, so that's what
1: you missed, (laughs) Matson.
2: I didn't miss any of that. But this movie being two hours and 10 minutes, if you could have given that to me in an hour and 40 minutes, I think there's 20 to 30 minutes of that that I didn't need to see that could have been condensed and I would have liked that movie that much more.
0: I will agree that this movie is, it's long. Like, we didn't need the whole, almost the entire, and I get why they did it, but, like, the whole almost dance sequence, like, you could have done almost the whole high school sequence in, like, half the time. There's a handful of things that could have been cut out that could still get the story across. Now, I don't, again, I've watched this movie so many times I can almost quote the damn thing because we watch it at least once a year. Since we're doing this this early, we're, I'll end up watching it twice this year because we'll watch it on Christmas Eve. But, like, I can almost quote the movie, but it is long. Like two hours, over two hours, especially there's a lot in there that you could probably condense. I don't think you can get rid of any of it because it tells George's story and why he is the way he is when we get to that point. However, they do drag out a little bit, some of the story. And like the run on the banks, like once you get past the first guy, like you could have cut away and shown the line and he's just giving away his money and then immediately cut to them saving the two simoleons. But like... (laughs) You could probably make it an hour and fifty minutes or an hour and forty five, and it would have been. Like I just say
2: all that because there's like and for me another when they had their honeymoon in that old rundown house and those guys with the posters and kind of their back and forth banter. It's littleer things like that that it that's the character, of the movie, or like the people that hit the button on the pool that opened it. Like cool, George Bailey's on the crack. I get that he stole the dude's girl. Just things like that where I know Alec, you'll probably appreciate it. You laugh at it, those little nuances, but cutting that out because of any of this movie, the buildup, everything you guys talked about, the struggle, everything. That's why the I do like the end of this movie because I understood they painted the picture and painted it well. I've clearly grasped that his life sucked for what he wanted to get to. And he couldn't see what he had got and what that actually meant. The stock of people caring about him than necessarily the monetary means of that. And the ending felt that when they were singing that song that I don't know the title of that famous song, but you like, you felt it. You're like, yeah, damn. Like he did it. And Clarence is getting his wings. Like, wow. But it earned that because of that journey. But I just think in today's age where I'm bred to watch different types of movies and we're in a different pace of life, it feels slow. Sure. You're right. I do love that pool scene,
1: but for a completely different reason. Do you recognize uh, who uh, pushed the button, JJ?
0: JJ. No, that's freckle faced Haynes, the dog face boy. Shut up! <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Oh it is. Oh My God, that's hilarious. Crossovers, <laughs> dude. Crossovers. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, we got also we got the dog face boy. We got Drew Barrymore's uncle. We got yeah. I mean, we're doing good. Yeah, this is one of. It's not my favorite Christmas movie, like you talked about earlier, JJ. I think
1: it's the best Christmas movie ever made, but it's not my favorite. I agree. And it's is because of the work that they put in through this storyline to make you, I mean, you root for George Bailey, even though, as we talked before, he's an asshole. <laughs> he's not really a nice person. You shouldn't be rooting for him. And yet you are, because even though he never asks for help, the people who surround him do what they can where they can without kind of crossing that line, to you know offering help without him asking for it. Until it gets to the point where they can all tell he's lost it, and that's kind of where we start the movie where they're all praying for George Bailey because it made a different time. That's how people went about helping people. Right, you add them to your prayers wherever it was to try and help out your friend where you can't physically go help them out because they haven't asked for it. And you don't want to kind of raise their ire if they really don't need it.
2: I have a question for this group. One of my favorite Christmas movies is A Christmas Story. Do you both just hate that movie? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. You know
1: how I feel about that movie. That's the worst Christmas movie ever because they play it 24
0: hours on TBS every year. I don't like it just because it, like, I don't like the movie. There's only one part of that movie that I enjoy, and that's the oh fudge. Like, that I giggle my ass up. And then the dad just like losing his shit over the lamp. Like, that shit's funny too to me. But like, there's pockets of that movie that are funny. But when it comes to me, like, the movie has no point. Like, <laughs> it's like it was the first of the movies that, because of its popularity, I feel like Hallmark. And now Netflix make the movies that they make. Hmm.
2: I really like that movie. And I think it's well placed around the Christmas time. Now, when I say I like that movie, do I recognize and say it's the greatest movie I've ever seen? No, not even close. But I think that's more of a Christmas movie where this movie ends on Christmas and has the values of what Christmas is supposed to be. I mean, I can't argue that, but it doesn't feel like a Christmas movie surrounding the holidays. And for me, that is a big requirement why I say a movie is a Christmas movie or not a Christmas movie. I mean it gets back to like Die Hard, for instance, people saying that is or isn't a Christmas movie. And we all know for our listeners, if you haven't listened to it, go listen Mm -hmm. to it. And I think that has a big thing for me that if we're saying is this a good movie, yeah, it's a good movie. But if we're if you guys are trying to argue me this is a Christmas movie. I very much disagree there. I'm probably in the minority, but I think that'd be a fun poll for like America to say or not say. Cause I think most people, most if everyone will say this is a good movie, but I don't know if they'll say it's a Christmas movie.
0: I think so. It's one of those two that like movie theaters actually play this during During the holidays. Yeah. Like Casey, I usually will try to find Utah has been ironically enough. You'd think with all the freaking, chris chans around this joint that there'd be plenty of this playing around but there's not like it's hard to find a theater in utah that plays it in ohio it was well, great like, every theater in the state played this shit during Christmas. i think it'd
2: be funny to, to pull everyone from jj's generation and up in allocant bow because he's like an old soul in a younger body because <laughs> like i think ninety-two from so what i'm talking like 40 and younger 40 and older i think if you pulled it Obviously, from J.J. Up, that group is going to say it's a Christmas movie because that's the way it's been built and bred. But I think below that, I don't really think people would attribute. And I don't think, unfortunately, probably a lot of people haven't seen this movie.
0: That's probably true. Uh, and I will say, like, this was something that played on repeat at my grandmother's house. Like, But she, Jimmy Stewart, was like the guy for that generation. Like my mom, my grandma's. Yeah. Like Jimmy Stewart was the guy. And Casey's got, she's like Alex. She's an old soul. Like she likes watching. That's why we were going to have her on, but unfortunately, she's not feeling good. So, cause she'd be laying into your ass right now. <laughs> like, in fact, she'd be laying into all of us. But like she loves like Jimmy Stewart. Like he's got a movie. I don't even remember the, the name of it now, but he sees like this giant rabbit and it's freaking hilarious. But yeah, like I, I don't disagree with you there. I think depending on generationally, I think they could definitely make a difference on whether they see it as a Christmas movie or not a Christmas movie. But to me, like it makes, yeah. Like I look at it as just because of the last. And again, for me, it's not necessarily about the fact that it even ends on Christmas. It could not end on Christmas per se, just end somewhere around there. And to me, it's still just like the tenants of Christmas or the holidays to me, that makes a lot of sense where, cause he's an asshole. George Bailey is like, like Alex said, when it, when the chips are down, and things have to happen. And he has to step in and be the good person he does. And so for me, like a lot of times that is really the tale of, yes, he can be a dick. But it, at heart, he's a good person. He wants people to be successful. He wants to be happy. Like the chips were down with his brother. He could have gone to college. You know what I mean? Like he could have let the building and loan close and it wouldn't have really mattered. But he did that because he understood at that moment, the impact of what would happen, right? And I think that's the difference between what we see George Bailey through most of this movie and George Bailey after his knuckleheaded uncle loses $8,000. Cause that's the worst part is he's done all these things and truth be told, he's had some pretty good luck for the kind of Dick he's had Bet I mean, he's had bad luck, but most of the things that have not happened were because he made a choice, right? the one really shitty thing that happens to him that pushes him over the edge wasn't his fault. And he didn't have any choice in the matter. It was uncle Billy screwed up and uncle Billy made a poor choice to frigging rub it in the old man's face that Harry Bailey's coming back. A war hero loses the eight grand and now it's all, but it's going to fall on George. And so I think that's the most intriguing part, but I, the other piece, and we talked about Alec like this with winter white Christmas and that is the dialogue to me especially in these older movies, it has to be there. And that's one of the bigger pieces is, yes, there's pieces of this movie that didn't need to be there, in my opinion, but the dialogue that is there, the jokes, the serious moments, the pensive moments of George. Like one of my favorite parts of this movie is after Harry comes home with the wife and he's standing out on his front porch smoking a cigarette and he's pissed. And he has this conversation with his mom who completely understands the situation. Right. And knows her kid. And that whole scene where he sends uncle Billy and freaking falling over. I'm fine. (laughs) Love that moment. And then his mom comes out and she's trying to convince him to go see Mary. And she, he's being a shithead again. And I just really like, those are the moments where I go, yeah, deep down. George Bailey's a good dude. He just is, he's a cocky dick. And that's how he hides because the other piece that we don't talk a lot about because it's so open and we're still not as open as we should be. We're so open about mental health and emotional issues. And especially one of the worst parts about being a man is it's not okay to talk about those things most of the time. And in this generation, at this time of life, it was not even remotely okay. You know what I mean? So that was his defense mechanism with the fact that what Alex talking about is he was depressed. He was upset. He probably had some inferiority complex. He probably questioned, why did I save my brother? I would still have my hearing. I would still be able to go to war. There's all these things that he's probably, we know he's fighting with internally and he doesn't get to talk about it with anybody, even to the point that his mom comes out to try to talk to him. And then later on, we see Mary, his wife try to talk to him about some of these things and he just shuts everybody down. So it's really for me, and it's one of the things I love the most about this movie is watching this, journey of this broken man that is really good at heart, but uses him being a dick as a defense mechanism, most of his life, being able to come full circle and see at the end, the impact that he's made because he doesn't recognize that, but the, and shame on all these people that should be telling, you know what I mean? And making him feel that way. And I'm not saying you got to swoon over the dude constantly every day, but like sometimes more than a thank you is, and I'm not saying give him money, but like reiterate George, we appreciate you. You know what I mean? And that's the kind of crazy thing that when you look at that time frame versus now, I think we're better about it in some ways now, sometimes, but it's a challenge. I would we're, we're
1: more vocal, vocal about fair. the ones that we do to get the attention or to get the acclaim Cause it makes us feel better too. Sure. People say, Oh, I, I help so-and-so. And it's like, Oh, well that was so great of you to help so-and-so. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I don't know if we're to the point of, like actually helping people who need it unless we can get something out of it for ourselves. Cause we're extremely selfish.
0: Sure. And there's, and the stigmas are still there, right? Like there's still a serious mental health stigma across the board. And especially with like opening up and I can only speak from a male perspective because I am one, but I know it's very difficult for men, most men to have those conversations openly. Especially because who are you going to go to? Like Especially in George
1: Bailey's case. His yeah. group of friends, Sam Wainwright's not going to do anything. <laughs> 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 like, you go to your mom, your mom has her own kind of problem. She's a widow trying to run a boarding house in Bedford Falls, of all places. Yeah. Like, there's not a whole lot of avenues where he can go, especially when he has the entire town kind of on his back. He's the only person standing between them and living in, you know, Potterville in the slums. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the scene that always gets me in this is when they have the run of the bank and that one guy, Tom, like I dude. have $242. And it's after George is like, okay, I got $2,000. Yeah. And he's like, I'll take 242. Yeah. An and asshole. then, yeah. And then like the woman after is like, that's your money. And George's like, it's okay. Type of a thing. But mm-hmm. freaking Tom, like Tom has a house from the building alone. He's put money in the building alone. And as soon as you know, it looks like it's going to be dark days ahead. He's ready to cut and run on the people that lent him money when he needed it. Yeah, I, I'd like to think that Tom is a uh, is a special case, but Tom is pretty much most people. Sure.
0: Well, and then it, it really irritates me because Tom is like in the forefront at the end when everybody's coming in giving him money. I'm like, Get the fuck out of here, Tom. Nobody wants your bullshit. You don't get to be here. Nobody, Nobody wants your money. I don't want your money. Get the hell out of here. Give it, Unless you're going to give him $242.08. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I do watch this movie in black and white. I have both versions. Amazon does offer it in both versions. And I used to be in Matson's camp. I didn't like black and white movies. This is the movie that converted me to understanding why I don't, do color when it's black and white anymore because it just like to me and i know this is not the popular especially the younger than me and people that enjoy it but it's i don't enjoy the reproduced color as much as i do just watching it in black and white
2: i'm not going to disagree there i also watch this black and white oh did you (laughs) yeah for you buddy uh making progress uh, you are last Last thing for me, because we've talked about all this serious stuff, I think I've said everything I want to say, Is but I need to understand, could they just not typecast characters that looked their age back in 1946 or 47? Because it is, you have to admit, pretty laughable that they are passing up some of these people as high schoolers because, man, they don't look close to being in high school. Well, they
1: weren't all high schoolers. It was more like the high
0: school dance was a community event more than anything. Which was real back then. Like. My grandma used to say small communities, she would talk about the fact that they would go years after they graduated to these dances. And I'm saying is in
2: Bedford Falls, you've got like your <laughs> your zero to 10 year olds and then you've got like your early preteens and then you're jumping to like your late teenagers, early 20s. People look like they're 40 and 50 and then your old people look real effing old.
0: That's I mean, all I'm saying. There's two things that cause that. Part of it is the time frame, they looked older. And nowadays you'll see 20 year olds that look like they're 12. Sure. And we're getting back to though, like, especially with makeup and and different things, you're seeing, like, I can't remember. I was walking hanging out with somebody and their like niece walked in, I'm like, oh, it's my niece. She's like 14. And I was like, she's fucking 30. That like, you're <laughs> full of shit. She's 14. <laughs> and and then I've seen like guys that are there like, yeah, I'm 16, and I'm like Motherfucker, like I'm like freaking Will Smith and Hi boys. Motherfucker, you look 30. <laughs> it's just like, and then the second piece is, is the acting profession has changed a lot from that time frame. Back then, acting wasn't like the glamorous, glamorous profession it is now. In fact, there was a lot of places in LA and in, in the early 30s when acting with voices and even like the silent films, they wouldn't let you in. Your, it literally had signs that said no actors. no actors, no dogs. Yeah, you weren't allowed to have that shit in re- because they're like, they called them lazy, they called them, they weren't real jobs. And so it wasn't this glamorous piece of fame. Now it was getting better in this time. Jimmy Stewart really changed that a lot. This time frame was probably when things were starting to transition to create movie stars. So you didn't have young actors that were like, yeah, I want to be in a movie when I'm 15, 16, 17 year old. And labor laws were very different back then as well in fact i don't think you could hold a job like that because it was a union job until you were 18 plus because i think the unions kept you out unless you were an adult it's funny to hear that because i
2: i would have think back then it would have been so many less rules and regulations and comparatively speaking to what it is now but it's interesting to hear
0: i mean it's technically still a union job technically I mean, it's the Actors Guild. You have to the join actors the Actors Guild, guild but, yeah. but it's still a union. They just changed it to a guild because it sounds less ornery. But back then, it was a full-on union. It was the Actors Union, and they they the laws and the bylaws were pretty intense. Like, So you didn't have the young actors, so that's part of it. And then the fame of all those, like Donna Reed and Jimmy Stewart were just like creme de la creme of actors back then. So you, they were grabbing them for anything and everything that they could. Makes sense. It's just funny to see it though. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's still like, sometimes they'll do things like that. And there's, there's movies still today that I'm like, Hmm, really? (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) But we watched one, I think, was it last year? And did it, what was the, the football one with the high school in Texas? Why can't oh. I Not think of that. Friday Night Lights. Yeah, Friday Night Lights. There's yeah, a couple they're... of those high school kids. You're like, you sure this is a movie about college ball? <laughs> but, and but then I
2: saw a picture of a high school recruit yesterday that looked like he was a season seven year NFL vet. You probably saw the same one either, Dude, I, I did, JJ. I was blown away. Dude was like, <laughs> I'm like, whoa.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, that's what I'm saying. We're we're it's kind of cyclical, right? And we're coming back into that part of the cycle where younger people are looking older because I was, I mean, my nephew, or I guess he's my little cousin. We call him my nephew just went on his mission, his LDS mission, but like he played football and I would go to his football games. And those guys would take their helmet off. and I'm like, <laughs> did, you did you fail a couple times? Like <laughs> they that hold guy you back? That I
2: referenced the picture JJ and I saw that dude's yeah. arm is as big as my thigh. Oh yeah.
0: Monster. But yeah, it is funny to watch eat this movie though. yeah he chewed but yeah there's some great lines in this movie though. and I have to say it before or Casey case you'll kill me but the greatest line in this movie period no questions asked Merry Christmas movie house <laughs> 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 just so you know when she was get before she started feeling pretty shitty she, when she was going to be on that was going to be her intro because beautiful it's, it's great it's great yeah This
1: movie is surprisingly funny for the dreary story that it's telling. Yeah. And I attribute that a lot to Jimmy Stewart's voice. His (laughs) diction and everything that he says. Yeah. Because he always "Mm," flip a little bit. Mm, "Mm." I say, I say, I say, I say. A little bit foghorn leghorn, but not quite. But he's got a very distinct voice. And it lends to the overall humor. Like uh, near the beginning after they get in the pool and they're walking home. Mary loses her robe. Right, she's hiding in the bush. He's yeah. walking around, trying to decide what he's gonna do. I'm gonna tell your mother. Well, she's up the corner there. Yeah, I'll call the police. They're in town. They'd be on my side too. And she's, Maybe I could sell tickets. Yeah. You
2: know what's funny about this day and age, though, that scene I was thinking, oh. I was like, man, you know, peep, there's some people. If they just wanted to stare at some crap. They would just eat that scene alive. Oh, they, all they do right. Right, Alec, it's a funny seeing like everything. It sounds like, oh, clever. Like, that's pretty witty. But yeah, there's some people I'm sure hate oh, a yeah. lot of you that. You could not make it today. Oh, yeah. No, you couldn't have that sequence. Oh, no. It, you it was, it was racy for 1947.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. it was pushing some envelopes, but it's the way he talks and the way he enunciates
2: some words. Envelopes. She shook a bush. She couldn't even see her.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was more than dialogue. Was 1947. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hmm. One of my favorite, the other one is my favorite With Nick in the shit timeline after he's dead or he's not, never was born. And he's like, starts hitting the freaking register. He's like, get me. I'm giving out wings. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love Nick. He's one of my favorites. The shitty Nick is freaking good. But yeah, get me. I'm giving out wings. <laughs> out the door, through the window. Yeah. It's freaking, well, and then the guy in the freaking booth, like the toll booth or whatever for the bridge. Like when he goes to spit like four times and every time Clarence tries, says something weird, like he stops and like looks at him.
1: Then, I died in this. Yeah,
0: and then he falls. He's like, I'm an angel. I don't have my wings. And he falls over and runs out. I That whole sequence, like I laugh, tears running down my face. I laugh every time I watch it. It's freaking great. Didn't laugh one time.
2: Well, that's because you have no soul and no yeah. humor. I laughed a lot during Violent Santa.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, Violent Night was... <laughs> Or Violet Night, yep. yeah. that was that was that's a different That's laugh, a good so. Christmas movie. It that is a, is great a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. It's up at the top of my list now. Violet night would have joined will join this movie as one that I watch every Christmas now. So and those could not be more different. No. Nope. No. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, that's what I love. Christmas. <laughs> like to me though, and I and it'll join Die Hard, because I watch Die Hard every December too, because it's a Christmas movie to me. Tip, tip. I know it is. I know. I I was outnumbered last year. You're outnumbered this year. (laughs) We don't
2: have time for this, and we've already discussed this. I'm gonna save my breath.
0: (laughs) I love it. All right, let's rate this rate this thing. I'll go first. I love this movie. It's a staple in my house at Christmas time. George Bailey is an asshole, but he's a lovable asshole that you root for. I'm with Matson. Freaking Donna Reed. I like her and she's probably the most pure of heart character in this whole movie. Just great. And I love the dichotomy between the two of them. You got this grumpy old Dick and this just really sweet woman. And that's the nice balance. It works out really well. Zuzu's petals, Love it. It's great. I just love this movie. It's just fun. It's wholesome. It's interesting. I think it's hilarious. I think it tells a great story. It is a little long for me at times even now that I'm used to it, like there's times when I'm like, Oh, it's phone time. You know what I mean? Cause I, (laughs) I know where there's the parts that don't add value to this movie for me. There's, but it's one of the movies, one of the few movies that no matter how many times I watch it, the last 10 minutes of this movie, pull at my heartstrings. Like I get a little emotional because it's like, and the reason for, in my opinion Mm -hmm, is because mm -hmm, (laughs) yeah, old Langside, you get that song. But seriously, from the time he is begging Clarence on the bridge saying he wants to live again to the end of the movie. Like I get a little misty eyed and a little tense in the chest. Cause it's the story earns that moment because it tells so much about what he's been through and the choices that he's made and how hard it is and, where he's at with the 8,000 isn't his fault. And so I just, yeah, it's a feel-good movie. It reminds me of Christmas. makes me think of what's important during Christmas. It makes me enjoy my family and my friends and the things that I do have. So I enjoy the movie. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Again, not perfect, a little long, could have some edits. But when it comes to an old-time feel-good movie and something I watch every year at Christmas, it's up there. So I will obviously watch it again. All right, Madsen. All
2: right. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to, this is the Christmas time. So this is, that's going to be incorporated into my rating. As you all know, to me, this is not a Christmas movie. Is this a good movie? Yeah, it's not bad. I'm going to give it a three and a half. I've said my piece about what I like and don't like about it. But at its core, this is a well acted, very well told story. Appealing visuals for what it was back then as well. I mean, a lot of it is pieced together and it's a good movie, but it is slow it's not a Christmas movie. It ends on Christmas. This movie has one of the better endings of a movie that I can think of in a while. And I think that's why people like this movie. And to be a good movie, you can have a lot of things happen to being getting in the, the middle. But if you end strong and do it well, and that is what this movie is remembered for. I think it has one of the more iconic endings to a movie. That's why this movie is so popular. And I believe in that. But The beginning, the middle is very slow to me. There were a lot of phone times for me. And if I had to watch this year over year, there would be a lot of phone time, but the ending is worth it. And for that matter, you should definitely watch this movie. Are you going to incorporate into your Christmas time? I don't know. But is it a movie that you should at least watch every once in a blue moon?
0: Yeah. Love it. Alec finishes off,
1: buddy. I'll keep it short and simple. Uh, Four and a half for me as well. This is the best Christmas movie that has ever been made. (laughs) It is one that I watch multiple times every year because no matter how many times I watch it, at the end, I feel good. It is a feel-good movie that is just something that I can sit back and relax
2: and enjoy. Sounds more like a feel-good movie than a Christmas movie, if I heard you correctly there. So (laughs) It's a feel-good movie. That happens to be a Christmas movie,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the greatest ever made. <laughs> yes, I love it. That was as short as sweet as it gets, right? I mean, That's perfect. It. I love it. It's a wonderful life. Yeah, with that, Alec, tell everybody where they can find us. Hee-haw! Uh, thank you for
1: tuning in to our episode for It's a Wonderful Life, which seems like a shitty marketing line in 2022, but this is without a doubt peak Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy the good times and the vibes and want to kick back with some entertaining and non-biased content while you eat pineapple flavored gummy bears, search for our other web episodes at What's Our Verdict. We are available on all major platforms and the dark web, but I'm not sure how we ended up there. <laughs> but a listen is a listen, if you know what I mean. We are officially back up on the interwebs like a grown-up podcast with a website and everything. If you need some bling-bling for this season, check out our What's Our Verdict t-shirts, available in sizes ranging from beanpole to kingpin. (laughs) If you like who we are and what we do, or simply like inflicting pain on us, consider joining us on Patreon, where you can mandate content and enjoy access to some bloops and behind-the-scenes shenanigans. Big shout-out to our current patron, Megan The Doll. Merry
0: Christmas to you, good sir. And without further ado, I will send it back to you, JJ. Thank you, and Merry Christmas to him. But I still hate him.
2: <laughs> Megan the doll. Charles, we should have an exclusive patron where you just force JJ to watch it because I'd pay for it too.
0: <laughs> Do not encourage the man. It's almost January, which means he gets his his quarterly freaking force us to watch some shit.
2: <laughs> 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 and that that Charles, if I, I you know have to watch, watch it too, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I know, uh, but I for I didn't know this about. I have to watch it. Don't if, encourage if it, this. I knew that, but I'm willing to put things aside that I don't want to watch because I didn't know JJ didn't want to watch something this bad. For me, mm. it's kind of worth it.
0: I hate dogs. No,
2: <laughs> it's hate worth
0: it. What Say hi to that
2: doll in your mantle once you're done. Dude, there, you're I, like, hate, oh, I hate. I that.
0: haven't looked at that picture and I never will. Oh, it's terrible. And I realize it's ironic, right? Like, considering my back shelf, but those aren't dolls. They're toys. <laughs> <laughs> they're action figures. And, okay. And they're like, they're like big RPG old heads like, coming to life. Like, they don't look realistic. Like, Funkos aren't dolls,
2: is no, what you're saying.
0: No. And the shit on my shelf, the, the Christmas, yeah, Mrs. Claus, fucking creepy as fuck i hate it so much anyway yeah there it is as always we appreciate you tuning in we'll catch you on the next one bye